Bayshore, how you feeling? You psyched to be in church? Anybody? You guys look good. There's a good crowd here today. And isn't it good to just be in church? Isn't that good? I know I'm like, I'm biased a little bit, but there is literally nowhere I would rather be every Sunday morning than with you all in the basement. I love the basement. <laughs> now, um, you know, maybe sitting in the window seat of Agave eating guac with my wife, that's a close second. I would like to be there as well. But I love being in the basement. There's something powerful about the basement. Last Sunday, um, Leslie uh, was up here. Leslie was just up here singing right here. Leslie's amazing. She was singing that song, um, The Blessing. And uh, she came to me after the service last Sunday, and she was like, Joel, this was my first time back in the basement in five months. And she said, when we started singing last week, she said, I just started to tear up. And I was like, is, is it because of the basement smell? Because, like, we're working on that, okay? <laughs> and she, she said, no, no, no. She said, there's just something powerful about being in the basement. And there's something powerful about being here. And so I'm so, I'm so pumped you guys are here with us. Um, the second base, best place to experience church is in your own basement. So what's up, online family? Uh, hey to the Noonans in Hawk's Eye. I was going to say hey to the Bars in Milton, but the Bars aren't in Milton. The Bars are in the basement right here. And so what's up, Bars? And so we got a lot of people watching. Um, RJ in the back sends me a text of all the people who who have been watching already this morning. And so, like, you guys ready for a roll call? Roll call. Okay. Keith Hopkins, what's up? Stacy Snell, Ryan Pappas of Ocean View, Susan and Bruce Cooper, Pamela France of Newport, Ritchie, Florida. I don't know where that is, but that's Florida. All right. Carol Davis of Philly, Florida, Philly. Okay. Kathy, Kathy Gallagher, Joel Ned, Nedlinger. Joel, Joel number two, we'll put that Joel number two, Guy Brooks, Linda, so there's all these people watching online, so can we just like rattle some living rooms and give it up for all our family one more time? All right, so we are in the middle of this series called Keep Your Head Up, because man, it seems like everything is like trying to keep my head down right now. I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of an election year. Hello. And just to top it all off, Wawa canceled Hoagie Fest this summer. I mean, when you need cheap hoagies, maybe more than ever, Wawa goes and cancels Hoagie Fest, people. But it's okay. Keep your head up because this series is all about getting some encouragement in your life right now. Can, can anybody use a little encouragement today? Anybody at all use a little encouragement? Okay, the rest of you, I'm going to encourage you anyway, because we are going to talk about encouragement today, and um, th to start, you guys want to hear um, something a little embarrassing about me? You're like, yes, yeah, Butch, Butch said yes, please. All right, this is embarrassing. I'm a little nervous to share this with you, but I listened to Christmas music this week. I know, it's August, but on the bright side, that's about a month later than I started listening to it last year, so this is an improvement. And I've, has anybody else listened to Christmas music yet this year? Yeah. Carrie? Ultra Christians, these people right here. I also watched Home Alone this past week. 
And you can't judge the pastor for loving Christmas in church. Like, I love Christmas so much. And I have, I have some great Christmas memories. So we're all going to get in the Christmas mood real quick. And so um, when I was growing up, we had some Christmas traditions. And here's one of my great Christmas memories. When we were kids, um, me and my brother, every Christmas Eve, had to wear matching Christmas PJs. Who knows about the matching Christmas PJs? You know all about it. All right, so we would rock our matching Christmas PJs, and um, every Christmas Eve, me and my brother would sleep in the, in the same bed, and that was 100% my brother's idea, because me and my brother, we are totally different types of sleepers. All right, when I sleep, I look like I got hit by hairspray. I'm like this. <laughs> when my brother sleeps, okay, he looks like, th- this is how he sleeps, like this. Leg kicks, all the things. Who's married to, to this? You're married to this. You're scared to raise your hand, the rest of you. I see. Okay. Jess just raised her hand because she is married to my brother. She knows. Okay. And so every Christmas Eve, like, we would be in our matching PJs, and, like, Tim would, I'd be laying there, and Tim would be, like, you know, reenacting the movie Twister next to me, and, like, his leg hair would touch my leg hair, which breaks every brother code that there is. But it's tradition. That's just what you, you, you did. And so we, we did that every year as kids growing up until one year. I remember I, I, I looked at my brother, and he was like, Joel, it's, it's Christmas Eve. We get to wear our matching PJs. We get to sleep in the same bed. And I, I looked at him, and I said, Tim, not this year. And he looked so disappointed, and he's like, well, well why not? And I'll never forget what I said to him. I looked right at my brother, and I said, Tim, the reason we can't sleep in the same bed wearing matching Christmas PJs it's because I'm 24 years old. <laughs> we are both balding now. Like, we just can't do this anymore. And I've told that story before, and I will tell it again. It's one of my favorite Christmas stories right there. I love Christmas. Another one of my favorite Christmas stories is the, the Christmas that we got a go-kart. We got a, a go-kart, people. And, and the go-kart, when we woke up on that Christmas morning, the go-kart was in our kitchen which was a Christmas miracle because our house was smaller than a gingerbread house. But somehow, Santa got the go-kart in the kitchen. And, and it was like nice, which was also a Christmas miracle because we were poor. Like we had, uh, my mom's car was like a 27-foot-long station wagon that smoked. And my dad's vehicle that he drove, true story, was our church van that was a 15-passenger church van. That's what my dad drove. And so like, this, the go-kart was our nicest vehicle in our family. <laughs> and it was like electric blue, I remember. I remember it had a license plate on the front that said number one. And so I was like, man, this thing is so, it was the nicest go-kart. And because Christmas is all about giving, I gave myself the first ride on the go-kart. And I'll never forget, it was a white Christmas that year. It had snowed that year. And uh, I got in this go-kart. It's super nice. I was on Carey's Camp Road, and I hit the gas pedal on this electric blue go-kart. And that thing took off down Carey's Camp Road, and that's when I found out how we afforded the go-kart. Because the go-kart did not stop. The brakes did not work. (laughs) True story. Christmas morning, first ride. My mom starts running down the road screaming like, Joe! I ended up jumping a ditch, almost run into a graveyard, and I, I crashed into a snow pile just to get the thing stopped, okay? Merry Christmas at our house, people. <laughs> and that go-kart had some stuff 
going on with it. Because most of the time, like after that morning, it didn't start. And if it did, it smoked more than my mom's 27-foot-long station wagon. And at one point, I'll never forget this. We had it into the summer the next year. My dad got so frustrated with that bright blue go-kart that I literally remember watching my pastor dad pick the go-kart up in our backyard and body slam the (laughs) go-kart. It's one of my favorite images of my dad, okay? I promise. (laughs) And my point is, like, that go-kart looked amazing on the outside, but it had some stuff going on on the inside. Do you know what I mean? And and isn't it true that, that sometimes people look amazing on the outside, like you guys look good today? Back row, looking good? Looking good over here, like sometimes we look good on the outside, but sometimes we got some stuff going on on the inside. Isn't that true? And here's what I believe, and we'll we'll put this on the screen. Everyone you see is facing a battle on the inside that you don't see. Everyone you see is facing a battle on the inside that you don't see. Anybody with me on that? You know that? So some of the most sure people that you ever meet are in a battle of feeling unsure on the inside. Some of the happiest, bubbliest, leave-it-to-beaver-looking families on your social media feed are in a battle just to keep it together behind closed doors. Some of the people that you know who smile the absolute most are in a battle with depression on the inside because everyone you see is facing a battle on the inside that you you don't see. A good example of that is uh, this past winter we were having our welcome lunch. Um, and that's just something we have for people who are new to the church or want to get to know our staff. And so it was this past winter, we're having our welcome lunch, and we're in the back room back here, and we're, we're eating wah-wah hoagies, come on, and we're eating brownies that one of our volunteers makes for all of our welcome lunches. And let, let me just say this, whenever we're allowed to have welcome lunches, again, you should come for the brownies. Even if you're not into the church, you're like, I'm leaving this church next week, just trick us and come for the brownies. They are so, I don't know what are in those brownies, it's so good. And so Casey LaRosa, shout out to you because you make those brownies. And so we're all, we're all sitting around eating these amazing brownies. And uh, in the welcome lunch, everyone is going around and they're saying their name and one thing about themselves. And so um, we get to this one lady and uh, I've known this lady for years. She's the nicest, sweetest, kindest lady ever. And we get to her and she says her name. And then for her one thing, she says, um, Joel, you don't know this, but last weekend at church, you saved my life. And I was like, uh, me like I didn't I didn't know what she was talking about I didn't know if it was the brownies talking because the brownies talk I mean they're they will make you say things and she said I'll, I'll tell you after after the welcome lunch and so after the welcome lunch she pulled me aside and she's like Joel you probably don't remember what you said to me after church but she said you said to me that there's hope for my future you told me that God's plans for me are better than my plans for me and then she said you sent me a book in the mail this week to encourage me And she said, what you don't know is that my marriage uh, is falling apart. I've been working four jobs just to keep ends or to to make ends meet. And she said, last Sunday, I was planning on taking my life this week. And she told me the what, the when, the how, the where, the whole thing. And she said, but because of what you said to me, I didn't take my life. She said, Joel, you saved my life. And like, I, I had no idea. I was blown away. And so, like, we, we hugged, like, the, the, the old days. You, you remember when you could hug people? <laughs> we were hu- not even air hugs. Like, we were hugging. And then I was like, we need to celebrate, like, bring the brownie tray over here or something. And it was like a welcome lunch I will never forget. And I'm telling you all, everyone you see is facing a battle on the inside that you don't 
see. Everyone you see at work, everyone you see at the gym, if you're allowed to go to the gym, everyone you see like next to you, we're all facing battles that, that you can't see. But you, you want some good news? Okay, one. All right, I'm going to tell you. Here's the good news. We'll put it on the screen. You have no idea what God can do through a single word of encouragement. You have no idea what God can do through you. You have no idea what God can do through you encouraging someone, through a conversation in the basement, through a, a, a phone call, or maybe a, a text message, or maybe just holding up a church sign in the parking lot that says, nice park job. <laughs> That's our honk team, all right, back here. Yes, Got lots of honks this morning. But you have no idea how a single word of encouragement can keep somebody's head up. It may, it may even save their life. And so I'm calling today's message, encourage like their life depends on it. Encourage like their life depends on it. Okay, does this sound good? Are you into this church? Okay, I'm going to have you interact together. Since we're talking about encouragement, I need you to look to the person next to you, and I need you to tell them you look good. You look good today. You look good. Okay, now, now I need you to turn back to them and say, it, it's the basement lighting. It brings out my eyes. Hey, have you ever met somebody who's not that good at encouraging? You ever have a friend that's like not that good at encouraging? Yeah. Don't, don't point, okay? Just, just. <laughs> but you probably have friends like that. There's a guy in the Bible uh, named Job who has some friends who are not good encouragers. And, and maybe you don't know Job's story, but Job was this super successful farmer. Everything was going well for him until like one day the wheels came off, his life turned into a country song, and then one day robbers stole his donkey, uh, a tornado hit his kids' houses, and his kids died, and then his sheep caught on fire. How, how many of you know when your sheep catch fire, that is not a good day? And so Job is having a bad day, and his friends are not good encouragers. So they say to Job, like, Job, it's, it's all your fault. You, you, you did this, you deserve this, you must have sinned, like, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's not good encouragers. And so Farmer Job, who, like, his sheep are on fire, people, here's how he responds. Best response ever. Uh, Job 16, starting in verse 2, he says this to his non-encouraging friends. I have heard all this before. What miserable comforters you are. Wouldn't you like to just drop that line on somebody sometime? Some of you are like taking notes for the first time ever in church. Like, this is good stuff, Joel. I'm going to quote that verse. It gets better, okay? It gets better. Look at these, these next two lines. I can't use these lines because I'm a pastor, but you could, quote, you could make bumper stickers of these next two lines. Won't you ever stop blowing hot air? What makes you keep on talking? He says, I could say the same things if you were in my place. Next verse. Next slide. I could spout off criticism and shake my head at you. But if it were me, everybody say, if it were me. If it were me, if it were me on three, let's read the next part. If it were me, one, two, three, I would encourage you. If it were me, Job said, I would encourage you. I would try to take away your grief. If it were me, I would try to encourage you. If it were me, I would try to like build you up instead of like tear you down. If it were me, I would like work super hard to make you smile. I would work super hard to make my wife smile. 
Baby, baby, you so fine. You so fine. You blow my mind. Hey, Stacy. <laughs> See, there's a smile. You get, you get brownie points up here. You can also lose brownie points up here. <laughs> but if it were me, Job says, I would encourage you. I, I don't know about you, but I want to be a husband that encourages. I want to be a dad that encourages. I want to be a friend that encourages i want to be the i want to be a pastor that encourages you guys just so you know like i want that why because if it were me joe said i would encourage you because everyone you see is facing a battle on the inside that you don't see and you have no idea what god can do to a single word of encouragement and so what do we do okay what we do is when we want to like criticize somebody we replace it with a compliment when you want to, like, point out the negative, like Joe's friends, like, bah, 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 point out the positive. When you want to, like, tear down, find a way to build up. If it were me, Joe said, I would encourage you. Now, question, though. Is anybody here, like, not that good at encouraging? Like, it's not easy for you. Anybody, it's not easy for you? Okay, listen, we're going to do this poll again. And you got to tell the truth because you are in church, okay? How many of you, it's not the easiest thing in the world for you to just encourage people across the board. Okay, good. I got a couple pinkies, all right? I'll take them. But sometimes for me, I, I think about myself and I'm like, I'm just not that good at encouraging. Like this week, I was not that good at encouraging. The week that I'm writing the message on encouraging. And so like sometimes I think like, I'm just not that good at it. It kind of reminds me of a, of a flow rider. Anybody here ever ridden a flow rider? Okay, is anybody confused right now? Okay, okay, let, let, me, let me explain. All right, so on the back of cruise ships sometimes, they put what's called a flow rider, and it's like this, this blue ramp-looking thing that they shoot high-pressurized water up, and you can just stand there and surf in place. Uh, a couple hours, still a lot of confusion. Maybe I should just show you a picture. That'd be better. Okay, here, here's a picture of a flow rider. Okay, you know what a flow rider is now? Okay, you're all on the same page with me. So, um... Speaking of a flow rider, back in 2018, me and a bunch of our friends went down to Mexico on a vacation, and one of the people who went was our worship leader, Bo Dukes, and so the resort that we're at actually had a flow rider, and so one day, Bo was like, Joel, we, we need to go ride a flow ride. We got to go ride it, and now here, here's the thing. When he said that to me, like, I surf a lot, but Bo, listen, he don't really, he don't really surf. Like, I think he may, like, wear water shoes. I can't prove it, but, like, maybe a fanny pack. I don't know. So when he said that to me, I was like, I don't, I don't know, but, like, you, you don't really want to, like, go get shown up by the pastor because I'll probably film it and show the entire church. It'll be embarrassing for you. I don't know if you can handle that sort of, you know, rejection. And so, like, I, and, and Bo, if you don't know him very well, he is more competitive than Tom Brady. And so he was like, no, 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 it, it is on. And I'm like, all right, you better tighten up your water shoes, man, because we're going to go. So we go to ride, get on this flow rider, and I'm super confident because I surf. They give you, know, you know, I've never really been on a flow rider. I'm like, I, I, I got this. And so, like, I don't have water shoes on. I get on this flow rider, and would you guys just want to see a video instead? Okay, all right. Now, here's the thing on this video. It's not going to really look like me because it was all-inclusive. I ate a lot of, like, burritos on this trip. <laughs> but here, here's the clip. Go ahead and roll the, roll the clip.
Okay, that wasn't me. <laughs> That's a funny video, isn't that funny? <laughs> but that was basically how I did on the flow rider. I was terrible at the flow rider. At one point, I, I fell down, and it, the water shoots you into, the, into the, the top part where there's a wall. I hit that wall on the back of the flow rider so hard. Like, I got a hitch in my giddy-up still. Like, I still, like, have a little limp to me. It's all because of the flow rider. And so there was actually a loser's area at the flow rider. It's like this seating area. So if you're like a failure, all right, you could just go sit there and stalk in it or whatever. So I like go and I sat in the failure area. I'm like, I'm just terrible at this. And I look over and Bo Stinking Dukes is killing the flow rider in his water shoes, you guys. It looked like Kelly Slater and Tom Brady had conjoined twins or something. It's just like, he's just killing it. He's just doing all this stuff. And I'm sitting over there, and, I'm, and he did it for like an hour and a half. And the longer he did it, the better he got. And I'm like in the failure corner over here. I'm like on Amazon looking at water shoes. Like, what water shoes does Bo have? I'm going to get those right there. But I couldn't do it. And, and maybe that's how some of you feel about encouraging. You're like, it's just not me. I'm not good at it. It's not natural for me. But you... Do you know how you get good at something you're not very good at? Practice, right? Like, how many of you, when you were first born, you were amazing walkers? Who was super good at walking when you were first born? Nobody, okay? You know, you look like a drunk Frankenstein. You're like, and you took a step and you'd fall down, right? And then you would get back up and you kept practicing and then you're able to walk. What happened? You practiced. And now... Some of you are like the best walkers I've ever seen. <laughs> and and the, the point is this. If you want to get good at something, you got to practice it. And so we're going to practice getting good at encouraging. And so I, got, I have a motto for you that will kind of help you get better at encouraging. And I'm all about some mottos in my life. You want to hear some of my life mottos? Life mottos for me. We'll just start off basic. One thing is always say yes to Scrapple. Basic. You step it up a notch. The next one is never abuse the 12 items or less line in the grocery store. Because I've seen some of you in the grocery store sinning because you got 13 items. And that's just <laughs> another one is always root against Tom Brady. Just across the board, just root against Tom Brady. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> but we have some mottos. I have some mottos. But here's a life motto that I want to get really, really good at that I'm not very good at yet. And we'll put this on the screen. It's this. Every time I think something good, I want to say it. Every time you think something good, say it. If, if you want to, like, you know, turn a comp, uh, uh, um, criticism into a compliment, if you want to learn how to, like, build somebody up instead of, like, tear them down, if you want to point out the positive instead of the negative, every time you think something good, say it. Set it free. Because sometimes we just think it and we don't say it, right? You're like, oh, this is a good sandwich. But you don't tell anybody that they, they made it that it was a good sandwich. So every time you think something good, say it. Spray it. Set it free. And so we're going to practice this right now. And so I just need everybody to turn to somebody next to you and say, your park job was amazing today. This is amazing. Some of you are like really like analyzing. You're like, well, here's how I parked. Butch backed in. I already heard that. Janet back here was like, this was the angle I took. I don't know. Um. But some of you didn't even drive today. But we're going to encourage you, all right? If you're sitting next to your boo, your sweet thing, turn to them and say, baby, baby, you so fine, you so fine, you blow my mind. 
Come on, you got to do it. You have to do it. You're having fun in church. Come on. <laughs> Some of you just had the most awkward moment of your entire marriage. Like, it should be a fun moment. I'm trying to get you to, like, every time I think something good, I'm just going to release it. Even if it's awkward, I'm, I'm going to say it. You know, like, for instance, every, every time I'm preaching up here, I see Butch on the front row. And I'm like, man, I need to be on the Butch Vander Kaplan workout program. My goodness, look at this guy. Every time you think something good, say it. Why? Because Job said, if it were me, I would encourage you. You, you know what Proverbs says in Proverbs 18, verse 21. I'll put this on the screen. It says the tongue can bring death or what? Life. How do you breathe life into your marriage? You encourage your spouse like your marriage depends on it. How do you breathe life into your kids? You encourage your kids like their future depends on it, okay? How, how do you encourage the customer service rep that you're on the phone with from Mediacom? You encourage them. Like your internet depends on it, okay? Or you switch to Comcast, who Butch works for. No, I'm just kidding. No, but well, what you're doing is, is the tongue can bring death or life, and we want to bring life. And, and here's why. Because I never want to rob someone of the joy that my words can bring them. I never want to rob someone of the joy that my words can bring them. Now, now a discouraging moment in my house is, um, is bedtime prayer time. Parents, you know, anybody know what I'm talking about with the kids? All right, bedtime with the kids. Like, I love my kids. My kids are amazing. I love them. They can't hear what I'm saying because they have their headphones on right now. But they are little gremlins <laughs> at bedtime, okay? Like, we can have the best day, but the we, at, look, Rob knows, the wheels come off when we're like, let's, let's pray and thank God for the day. And it's like, <laughs> like this week, this true story, this week, we're, we're, I'm in the middle of praying. And my kids, mid-prayer, Nixon said, Daddy, I found a pee spot on the carpet. <laughs> Middle of the prayer. And maybe you're wondering, like, well, why is there a pee spot? Listen, I don't know. I didn't do it. I have no idea. And so anyway, it's discouraging at nighttime trying to, you know, get the kids prayed up and into in bed. But one thing I've always done with my kids at nighttime, almost every night, is in the middle of the chaos, I pull my kids aside one by one, and I look at, look at Nixon, and I say, I look at him right in the eyes and say, Nixon, if I can only have one little boy in the entire world, and I could choose from every little boy that's out there, I will pick you every time, because you're mine, and you're special, and God's going to do amazing things for you. And then I get Nora, and I look at Nora, and I, I look her in the eyes and say, Nora, if I could pick only one little girl in the entire world to be mine, I could choose from every little girl in the entire world, I would choose you. Because you're mine, and you're special, and God's going to do amazing things for you. And every time I say that to them, like, you know, it's so chaotic, you know, everyone's like frustrated, but when I say that to them, they smile, I smile, and if we have a third kid, this thing totally breaks down. It will not work. <laughs> like, Bo could never use this line in his house. He's got five kids. He's like, you'd be my third favorite son. I don't know. Like, I don't. <laughs> but the reason I do that is because I want my kids to hear a hundred times more what I see in them, what I believe about them, my hope for them, than everything that I think is wrong with them, right? I want to be the dad that encourages. I never want to rob people of the joy that my words can bring them. And I never want you to rob someone of the joy that your words can bring them. 
Here's what Paul said in Ephesians 4.29. He said this. He said, don't use foul or abusive language. Paul's just want to remind everybody that football season is about to start. Some of you need to print this verse out and put it above your TV right there. I'm just saying. But don't use foul or abusive language. Paul says, let everything, wait, 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 how much? Everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. I want to be an encouragement to my kids. I want to be an encouragement to my wife, Stacy. I want to be an encouragement to the staff who works here. I want to be an encouragement to you all. Let everything we say, let our words be an encouragement to those who hear them. And, and you, might, you might hear all this and you might say, well, chill. You don't know who I'm married to. You don't know who my boss is. You might be like, hey, I am the media comm customer service rep that you all call and yell at all the time. Like, I, I need some encouragement. And maybe, maybe that's where you're at. You're like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting the encouragement that I need. And, and here's what I would say to that, because that can be a difficult situation. But I would say this. Say what you want to see. Say what you want to see. If you want encouragement, give encouragement. Because have you noticed that not all the time, but a lot of times we get what we give? You notice that? If we give criticism, what are we going to get? Criticism. Seems like you guys have had that before. Okay? If you want encouragement, give encouragement. Say what you want to see. Like, like, this is how this, this whole thing works. Like, if, you're, if your spouse, if your husband is not the cleanest person in the world. Now, don't point. All right, don't point. But they're not the cleanest person in the world. But they so much as pick up a little napkin off the kitchen table. Ladies, you need to be like, Picture it, Instagram story or whatever, like, honey, that was amazing. And then tackle them like it's football season. <laughs> Come on, man, give me a little fist bump for that. That's good right there. <laughs> if you're a teenager, you're having trouble getting them to come to church, but they walk by your computer while you're watching Facebook, you're watching Bayshore online, you just put that computer aside for a second and say, honey, thank you for giving my church a shot. You can play Fortnite for six hours straight today, whatever. <laughs> if you're kids... Get the pee in the toilet. <laughs> Bake them a birthday cake, something. I mean, just celebrate it. <laughs> Parents understand what I'm talking about. Uh, anyway, say what you want to see. If you want encouragement, give encouragement. Give encouragement. Now, here's one of the things that I, I, I've noticed. We have so much discouraging stuff going on around us, right? I mean, I said it earlier, we're in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of an election year. Our country is as divided as ever. On top of that, you guys got to register to come to church in a basement and wear face masks the entire time or Butch will come get you, okay? Like, it's just, just kidding, Butch isn't going to do that. But I'm just saying, like, it's easy to be discouraged right now. Isn't that true? And what I'm learning is sometimes the person who needs to be encouraged the most is ourselves. It's me. It's, it's you. Like, we're the ones who are down. We're the ones that are depressed. Maybe, maybe you're the one who's like that lady that I met at the welcome lunch. Like, sometimes we're the ones who need to be encouraged the most. Can I, can I tell you a quick story from the Old Testament? Quick story from the Old Testament. There's this guy, um, and his name is David in the Old Testament. And David was a warrior. He was a king. And he had, like, legend status in the Old Testament. 
And so one time, uh, David and his army, he was leading his army, because he's this, you know, um, general, he's leading his army, and they are away from the home of Ziklag. Where are they? Ziklag is a hometown. Ziklag? Somebody say Ziklag. That's good. You got it. Ziklag. So they left Ziklag. They're out facing this other army. They're in battle. And while they're away from Ziklag, an enemy army comes into Ziklag, burns the town down, and kidnaps all the wives and children. And David's army, they didn't know that this had happened because nobody texted them. (laughs) Steve Jobs hadn't come on the iPhone yet, so they had no idea. So they come back to Ziklag. After fighting this battle, they're ready to just see their family, and they see that their town is burned down, and their wives and kids have all been kidnapped, and they all start to blame David, and they want to kill David. Now, is David having a good day or a bad day? Bad day. Is David encouraged or discouraged? Discouraged, okay? And so they want to kill him. And let, let me just show you what happens. We're in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. It says this. It says, Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. But David, help me out on three. One, two, three. Strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Now that word in the Hebrew for strengthen is the word shizak. Everybody say shizak. All right, I don't know if you pronounce that right, because I don't know if I pronounce it right, but it's Shazak, you guys. And Shazak literally implies that David talked to himself. So turn to the person next to you and say, did David just talk to himself? I think David just talked to himself. All right, I need to see a show of hands if you have caught the person you're sitting next to talking to themselves before. Come on, let me see your hands. If you caught them talking, see, you do it too, so you can't make fun of David. So speaking of talking um, to yourself, I remember in my freshman year of college, uh, I was in English Lit 101. My teacher was Miss Caldwell, and Miss Caldwell was awesome. And for one of our assignments, Miss Caldwell wanted us to read a poem or a story, and then she wanted us to get in front of the entire class and give a presentation of this story that we had read. Now, Miss Caldwell was dating one of my other college professors, Dr. Keegan, who was also really into drama and Miss Caldwell, or Dr. Caldwell, was really into drama, too, because she married Dr. Keegan. So she liked drama, and so she made us dramatize the story or the poem that we were reading in front of the entire class. That was the, the assignment, all right? Get in front of the class, dramatize the story. You all with me? So came to presentation day, and there was this kid named Ethan, and Ethan got in front of the entire class. I will never forget this. It was, he was going to do his presentation. And before he gave his presentation, that he was supposed to dramatize in front of the entire class. He was facing all of us, and he turned around. And he started, like, talking to himself. He was like, Ethan, you got this. You're going to do great. You look good. Ethan, you are good at dramatization. I believe I can fly. All right, I made that last part up, but you get the point. You get the point. He was like pumping himself up in front of the entire class, okay? And so I'm sitting there, the whole class is sitting there, and I'm like, I am glad I did not skip English Lit today. This is going to be amazing. So Ethan finally turned around after literally pumping himself up for probably 60 seconds straight, like, huh, 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 huh. And he turned around, and his story was on werewolves, and he put on a werewolf mask. And he gave the most enthusiastic 
presentation I ever saw in my entire college career. I mean, he just, now you might be asking, like, was, was it good? I can't answer that because we're talking about encouragement. But it was enthusiastic, you guys. <laughs> and he talked to himself. He pumped himself up. That's Shazak. Shazak is when you talk to yourself. It's when you preach yourself. And that's exactly what David did in this story, okay? David talked to himself. Now, David did not say, David, you got this. He did not go, I believe I can fly. No, he encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. So he was like, God, you got this. And after David talked to himself, he chased down that army and he got every single child and, and lady who was kidnapped from the enemy army. And that happened because David got his Shazak back. Everybody say, I'm going to get my Shazak back. Get your Shazak back. And so I think some of you need to get your Shazak back. You need to encourage yourself in the Lord. You need to talk to yourself. You need to preach to yourself. And the reason this is so important, because have you noticed that it's so easy to forget positive words and it's so easy to remember negative words? Like, like if after church today, if 10 of you come up to me and are like, oh my goodness, Joel, that was so good. I'm going to buy you chaps for lunch. <laughs> Just ideas, you know, whatever. But, it, <laughs> but if one of you, comes to me and says, that was terrible. Facebook review, one star, that was awful. What am I going to remember, the one or the ten? The one. It's so easy to forget positive words. You know what scientists have discovered about our brains? That when you hear a negative word about yourself, your brain starts believing it immediately. But it takes at least 15 seconds for your brain to start remembering positive words. And so it's so easy to forget positive and it's so easy to remember the negative that's why it's so important for how you talk to yourself because some of you the person you talk down to the most is you and so it's time to get your shazak back it's time to get your your preach on and, and you might say well joe I, I don't know what to say you know like you're the preacher why don't you say it you know maybe you're like i just don't know what to say and so here's what i want to do to end today i um i want to encourage you and I have some words that I want to, like, speak to you. And I want to say some words for a little longer than 15 seconds because I want you to start believing these words. And I want to encourage you like your life depends on it. Because maybe, just maybe, your life depends on it. And so if you need some encouragement, I want you, I want you to lean in. If you want to be able to keep your head up, I want you to lean in. If you need some positive words in your life, I want you to lean in because I want to encourage you in the Lord. I wrote down these words for you. Whenever you look on the news and it says everything is falling apart, whenever you look at your life and you think this is not what it's supposed to look like, whenever you have another relapse and think I'll never beat this, whenever your family looks like it's torn apart and you think it's, it's, it's my fault, whenever you look at other people's lives and think why can't my life look like their life, whenever you got no hope, remember this, my God is my hope. My God is my provider. My God is my protector. My God is good. He's all-powerful. He's ever-present. He knew this before it ever happened, and he's working in all things for the good of those who love him. When the voice says, you're screwed, you'll always be like this. When the voice says, you'll always be alone, remember this. No, my God is working in me, 
And I believe that my God is working in the people around me. My hope is in my God. My faith is in my God. My trust is in my God. My forgiveness is in my God. And he is always with me. And he will never leave me. When you're discouraged, when you're depressed, when you're down, when you're afraid, remember, no weapon formed against me will ever prosper. God gave up his son for me, so I am beyond valuable. I am free from the penalty of sin. I am created by God for God so I can show this broken world the love of Jesus. My sins are completely forgiven. I am a new creation in Jesus. I am more than a conqueror in Jesus. My God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I can do all things through Jesus who gives me strength. And I'm going to keep my head up because if my God is for me, who can be against me? Does that encourage you today? I want you to remember those words because I want you to get your Shazak back. Just say, I'm going to get my Shazak back. I want you to get that so that when you walk out of the basement today, you can encourage yourself in the Lord. But maybe even more than that, I want you to encourage other people like their life depends on it. Because maybe, just maybe their life depends on it. And in a time in our country where everybody wants to point fingers and discourage everybody else, what if we, the church, Jesus followers, were the ones who encourage other people like their life depends on it? Because I'm telling you, their life depends on it in a lot of cases. Joe said, if it were me, I would encourage. And the reason we encourage is because everyone you see is facing a battle on the inside that you don't see. But you have no idea what God can do through a single word of encouragement. So keep your head up. But maybe more importantly, keep their head up. Let me pray for you guys. Jesus, I am so thankful that we get to worship you. We get to have encouragement that comes directly from you, that comes directly from your word. And God, you are our hope. You are our firm foundation. And if you're for us, who can be against us? God, I just thank you that those words are in our souls right now. They're in our hearts right now. And I pray that we'll walk out of here with our heads up and we're encouraged instead of discouraged. In Jesus' name, amen.